Welcome to the next episode of the Asset Hero Property Management Podcast. Uh, today, I have our owner services coordinator, Wes, uh, as a guest today. Welcome, Wes. Thank you. Um, as you have seen in previous episodes, we've had different uh, staff on um, the podcast and kind of explaining what it is they do and what they face every day. And um, so that's what we're going to talk about today is owner services. So Wes, uh, tell us a little about yourself um, and what your job description implies. Like, what do you do every day? Like, what do you, what do you experience? Yeah. So I'm an owner services coordinator at Asset Hero. I communicate directly with the owners of the investment properties that we manage and whatever needs or concerns that they have or questions. I work through our faculty, including our maintenance, inspections, transactions, and leasing departments to fulfill the, the needs of an investment property. Uh, if somebody has us managing their property, I'm essentially taking their place as the property manager to ensure that everything goes good with the property, whether it be reading through financial statements at the end of the month, explaining what things are for learners who are eager to learn, um, or it's simply helping them out if they have questions when it comes to what was this specific maintenance work order that was performed on the property. Cool. So um, and, and as a whole, in, in this industry, you've only been in the industry since six you months. six months. So, and in that time, you have also purchased that investment. I have, right? Um, boom. I bought, <laughs> I bought my, um, my first home and first renovation project. How's that going? It's very hard. Very hard. <laughs> He's doing, you're doing everything yourself everything or you're having, you have help, but you know, you're still overseeing it all yourself. Yes. And yes. I yes. did the same thing. It's uh, hard. It's hard. Yes, it is. I'm in over my head. <laughs> I'm in this constant state of drowning and so long that I don't actually drown and I keep treading water. We're good. Welcome to the property. That's it. Yeah. That's what I've come to learn. But it pays off. I promise. Like it really does. Um, that's that's awesome. You bought it for investment. Yes. Yeah. I plan to be out of it if I can within six months of purchase. You've been talking about Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to dive into that. A There's a few bit. different things that I could do. Um, I purchased it in early January mm -hmm. and I have a six month renovation plan to be able to test out the Airbnb market come the football season, see what kind of money that can generate. And depending on what that turns out to be, I'll either buy a new another place and that would be a, a long-term rental and I'll stay inside my current place as a short-term Airbnb rental, or I'll make my current place a long-term rental and go on to the next rehab um, project. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited for you. Um, that experiencing what you're experiencing also helps with the services. Of the Definitely does. Right. So you can say, hey, I'm, I know what you're feeling. I know um, you know, I have experience in this. So, um, and that really helps the understanding from the owner's point of view, you know, because our whole goal is to have that one point of contact for our owners and that's who you are. So, um, what's, you know, you also do prospecting as I well. Do. So, um, you know, any owner prospects that call you, you talk to them. So, um, right now, you know, <clears throat> we're implementing a new, uh, fee structure. Do you want to can let me know what, what that is? Yeah. So a traditional management company would have somewhere around an 8% management fee. So we provide that option to new customers to come in and sign with us through what we call a rent collection fee of 8%. Um, but whenever you manage a property, there's other additional expenses that 
investors who aren't aware of the needs of an investment property don't really consider. Mm-hmm. And these are things such as inspections, marketing, uh, make ready expenses. And we have this new promotion that we're running and it upfront cost of an administrative fee um, replaces your 8% fee. And depending on how much money your rental property is getting each month, decide what that set admin fee is. And there, there's three categories that it could be. But essentially, it reduces the amount of the 8% down to 4%, 5%, depending on what the exact numbers are. And then that leftover 3 to 4% will go towards um, the marketing and inspections and things like that. So for the full 8%, they can go in and get the full property management services plus marketing material, uh, year of hosting on our website and uh, quarterly inspections that are filmed and uploaded to view. Mm-hmm. And there's a few other things that we're slowly implementing uh, because what we're doing with this program is we're taking on new customers, evaluating what their individual needs are on a, on a face-to-face basis because we're given an admin fee up front, which prioritizes you know, our communication with them and serving what their specific needs are. And so as we have developed the plan and it's rolled out, we've discovered additional needs and requirements that these customers could need. So we're trying to provide support in those aspects. And in property management, it's unique. There's a large scope of things that could happen. There's a large scope of, of specific deals. And we, we're striving to come up with creative solutions that appeases the masses for these um, people who are wanting us to manage their properties. Sure. And, um, but with that said, every, every property and every investor is unique. Very. Yeah. So it's, very. Uh, so developing developing a uh, <clears throat> a system that works for most is difficult. But it's very difficult, mm-hmm. and these types of problems require creative solutions, and that's what that's what we're bringing to surface, or or what these creative solutions are to meet the needs of a large array of, mm-hmm. of situations. Well, two also is uh, owners' expectations yes. are different, right? So some owners, um, and and it could just be, you know ignorance you know because uh and that's not the i'm not saying that uh to be harsh but you know it's right quite literally literally just you know ignorance by having one property you know their expectation is to be a millionaire right right (laughs) and and with that being said i came in here six months ago and knew nothing and in this industry if you allowed yourself to be a sponge and take on any information that you're given or presented with and think about it process it and understand why it is that way or why things happen in the manner that they do you learn a lot more so when i first started working here i didn't understand a whole bunch of things and i would work with these owners who would take on these properties and they wouldn't be willing to pay for a dishwasher for example Mm -hmm. that's not working on a vacant property that they just purchased that they want us to get renters in that we have renters lined up ready to sign leases but they're not going to fix the dishwasher Mm -hmm. and then at some point i realized okay well you're purchasing this investment property. It's your first one. I'm working with you doing all that we can, but if you're not willing to put additional money in that the investment requires, you have to treat it like it's a living thing and feed it, then it's not going to go anywhere. Right. You have to invest in your investment. You do. Uh, right. So you can't just, it, it takes work, you know, it takes work, it takes money and it takes time. And um, the management company takes a lot of that off the the plate of the owner, but it does. And, and what I've kind of find out through all the whole processes and looking at everything from the wide angle is yes, you have to nurture your investment when it, the needs come up 
you know, there it's a, it's a long-term benefit. Any deal that you get right now, 10 years from now, it's going to be a good deal, but you just have to wait that time. And the curb against that bottleneck of time is adding additional property. So yes. you're fighting for additional margin. You're not going to do that by nitpicking, you know, individual maintenance expenses, for example, you're not going to make, you're not going to become a millionaire by spending your time going from $50 a lawn mode to $30 a lawn mode. Cause you find a better vendor. Mm-hmm. You're better off using that time to go and acquire an additional property to offset all of your landscaping expenses. Right. Let the management company do the job, right? Exactly. So you have the, the most successful owner clients we have are the ones who are the most hands off. Right. The ones we don't hear from ever are the ones who succeed the, the most. Right. And they're the ones who continuously increase their inventory. And that, and that goes back to there's, there's a range of investors. There's people who own numerous properties and we manage a portfolio of units for them. And then we have those investors who they've lived inside this home for their whole life or their adult life. And they're moving on because they're retiring or something like that. And they have their first rental unit. And whether or not you know a lot or you don't know, you come to find out that something has to budge, whether it's the way that you're thinking or the way that you're actually conducting your business. Mm -hmm. I took on a new owner early on when I was working here who bought his first duplex and he rented out. And it took a lot of learning on his part, but he was willing to do that learning. He figured out, hey, I got this duplex. I can't force the tenants to do the landscaping because they don't have a garage to have a mower. Mm -hmm. And he understood that. And so he paid for the landscaping expense, which is just a normal expense that this type of investment requires. And he would learn information, process it and understand it. And he wouldn't complain about things. He'd have questions, but he would learn from the answers of the questions. And then what do you know? Three months later, he comes with another duplex and adds it on to his portfolio. So he's doing exactly what he needs to do when it comes to actually running the business that he's running. Right. Uh, well, I don't know if you ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but in there it says, mind your own business. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, you got to take care of it, right? So yeah. Do do what, <clears throat> uh, for the investor, their, their most valuable asset isn't the property itself, it's their time, right? So do they want to waste their time nitpicking on like a $30 mo or a $40 mo or, um, or, you know, those minor expenses or they want to spend their time increasing their portfolio. Cause that's really right. And I'll tell you right now, everybody who's watching this, your time is worth way more than trying to get a $40 mo down to a $30 mo. Your time is worth finding another deal. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, and that's <clears throat> the more you add the, the, so like if you have one, one property, you know, and then you eventually have 30 properties, right? The profits from the combined effort of all of those, all those 30 properties, you know, um, it, the benefit is there because, you know, you have, uh, if, let's say you, you have uh, $200 cash flow per property times 30, you know, like there, there you go. Like now, now. Yeah, that's sweet. Right, right. So now you can just pour all that extra cash flow into buying more and it's just like a snowball, right? So yeah, you give these people who come into this industry, and like you say, they get one one investment property. What do you know? Now they're they're a high roller millionaire, you know. But the problem is, is that people think that whenever they buy their first investment property, they're going to start making money. They're an investor. But I've been investing in the stock market, cryptocurrency, and other things for years now. And with any investment, delayed gratification is killer, especially in this rental industry. 
So like you said, whenever you have the 30 units making X amount of dollars a month, you're given this capital, you, you have liquidity, you can go on and go to buy new units. And it starts off small. You're talking about 30 units. You can do this with one unit. If you let one unit, if you delay all the gratifications, you don't care about your cash on cash return, you let that sit in an account. Next thing you know, you have a second property from that. And then what do you know? You can cash out refinance on both of those. You got a third property, you got a fourth property. And if you just keep on delaying that gratification from a cash on cash return, which many people do not like to do, I personally have no problem with acting like I don't have that money. I don't own it. Uh, But it's that discipline that it takes to be able to actually grow it. So you see somebody who has 30 units and it's more than just an accomplishment in regards to, oh, you're able to find deals, make deals and get to that point but you're also able to delay your gratification to the point where you have this, this portfolio that's generating enough cash flow to be able to grow into something that is 30, 40, 50 units. Mm-hmm. And that takes extreme discipline. And it's what these good investors are able to do best. Right. And uh, right. Zeroing their focus on growing the portfolio, not managing it. Right. And so like they, they have like, yeah, the more hands off you are. It's, I mean, if you have your own staff member, you know, um, managing your unit, that's great. But let them do that. Or if you have a property mm-hmm. management company, let them do their job. Utilize the resources that you're paying for. Right, right. They like like with Asset Hero, like we have our systems in place, and you know we're not perfect, but still, what we do works, right? Mm-hmm. So, like this is what we live and breathe doing, right? Right. So we know how to make it successful. And a lot of the times when people have these problems. For example, when we just had that big make ready and that guy wanted to take it off the market, do his own renovation for three months, and he had this full plan lined out when he could have just came to us and talked it out. And what do you know, our escrow assistance allowed for him to get his renovation done quicker than a month, have somebody in there within a month of the old tenant moving out. And all of a sudden, he's cash flowing for two to three additional months to cover the cost of the expense that he doesn't have to pay up front. So let's expand on that. So, you know, uh, on this particular property, we had we had an eviction, uh, and and that happens, right? That's something you got you to expect. It's not a matter of if; it's when. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but we had to evict, so you know, uh, it, it probably two two months worth of of lost rent, maybe a little bit more. I can't remember, but anyway, the owner was upside down, you know, because because of the lack of rent. So when we got the tenant out. Obviously, in, in many cases, when we evict a tenant, the property is in not ideal condition. So the, the make ready of it um, is sizable. So, so what is some carpet replaced? Carpet paint. You wanted to upgrade the carpet to interlocking vinyl, right? So you know, and that's that's all well and good. But his initial thought process, because I think I believe at least here locally, this is the only property he has. So in his mind, he's like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to pay for a make ready that you know, like ask Hero to do it. I'd rather just do it myself. I'll save money. That's his initial thought, and that's typically what people go to, right? They're like, I'm just gonna save money and do it myself, and that does work on some cases, like what you're doing with your property. That actually makes sense because you're living there, right? Right. But like in his case, he's it's an absentee owner, right? So he doesn't live there. So he's like, so what he told us was, hey, I'm gonna, I'd rather just do this make ready myself, but it's gonna take three months. So I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to save some money, but that doesn't save him money at all. Right. Right. So that lose out in three thousand dollars. It's costing him money. Right. It's costing him money. It's like, hey, listen, why don't you let us do the make ready? 
because we can get it done in less than a week. You don't have the money up front to pay for the full. Correct. I don't have the money, but that's okay because we have a program for that that actually we front the money for him and he can pay us back in installments, you know, through the rent. And yeah. And we'll get that thing cash flowing quicker than he would. So right. he doesn't even have to worry about. So the there's no upfront costs. He's using other people's money for the make ready. He doesn't have, he'll oversee what happens with the make ready, but he doesn't have to get vendors out there and right. schedule all this stuff. We do that. Right. Yeah. So we'll get the make ready done in less than a week. We have tenants lined up. We'll get someone in there very quickly. So in, you know, in less than a month. So he's going to have income for those three months that he wasn't going to have any, mm-hmm. right? So if it's $1,500 in rent, I mean, that's $4,500 $4, that he wouldn't have had. Like, yeah, and that's way that, less. That covered more than the majority of that make ready. Correct. Well. Right. So he actually makes more money if he just let us do our job. And he understood that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all about leveraging your resources. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was watching Jeff Bezos say something one time and he said it's really important that he's really sound-minded because everything that he does boils down to a few good decisions that he makes a year. And with those good decisions, he's leveraging what he already has built in order to best suit the future of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to understanding what the resources are around you, you figure out how to leverage them in the most optimal way. Yes. Do your due diligence about what needs help, what needs support, and then figure out, oh, I have this property management company that may have a different solution than I have. And what do you know we do? Because we do this all the time. We know how to get a renovation done quickly and why it's important to cash flow that unit earlier. Yes. And when they're open to learning, they learn this stuff. And it's great. And it works out very well. Yeah. And we do have the owners who don't, that can't see that, right? It's not, maybe it's, Maybe they're just incapable. You know, it's just their mindset, right? So you either have the mindset, I feel like, or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones who don't just, like in that scenario, if you don't have that mindset, they're going to be like, no, 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 that wouldn't save me money. It's going to save me right, money right. for me to do the make ready myself. Yeah, it's like, real easy. You see these numbers right here and this right. number? It's like, it's the, no, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> nope, nope. So um, I think that the people, like there's another dimension on this whole calculation of, of uh, returns and it's time and people don't give the the attention that time deserves into these things they see an issue as just a huge issue but it's really not you you make a decision on how you're going to proceed and then you let time take its course in coming to that solution as things happen mm-hmm. you can't make something happen right here right now i'm sorry it's just a bad situation it's the nature of the industry these things like these happen mm-hmm. it's all okay we just have to let time take its course and cash flow this property and do what we're supposed to be doing in these situations. Yeah, you get these owners who freak out who they'll buy a property and uh, they may have it for a year or two, but by, by the end of year two, they're like, I can't take this anymore. Like this is like in their mind, they think there's all these bad things happening. Like I got, I had to replace that fence or I had to put a new roof on it. Right. Or the water heater busted and, or I do we do an eviction? Like, it's just like, I'm not making any money. Well, of course you're not. It's been two years. Like, what'd you think? What'd you right. think would happen? Right. <laughs> so then they're, and then they turn around and say, I'm just going to sell it. I'm just going to sell it. Right. And then, but after two years, there's not enough equity built up in that thing, you know, unless the market's right. I mean, the method, you know, the market always fluctuates, but as a general rule, after two years, you're not gonna have any equity built up. So when you turn around and sell it after paying commissions and, closing costs you actually lose money on the thing yeah two years is not long no, enough it's like no you got to wait 10 years 10 years yeah I mean, yeah five years minimum for a good equity build but 
Well, in college, the housing prices are through the roof right now. Like your appreciation yeah. on your hard asset is enough just to hold it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Growing in capital. So, um, but then if you do have equity and you sell it, and that's and you're just like I'm just getting out of this thing. Like what most people don't even think about is that capital gains that that money that you that check you get from selling it. You pay thirty three and a half percent taxes on that sucker. So, and then someone else who's smarter than you in this game is purchasing that deal from you because you're stressed out and in a bad situation trying to sell. You know, you only want to buy from people who are desperate. And then what do you know? You're playing that desperate card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When all you had to do is just. Take your hands off. Yeah. Let it, let it run. Right. Let it be passive. Right. That's the whole, that's the whole point. Um, so, but, but you know, that's, that's what we're here for. That's why we're making this video. That's why we're doing this podcast to help educate people. So, um, but yeah, it's just a, it's just, you gotta, you gotta be patient. You have to be patient you and you to have to add more to your portfolio. Yes. And the delayed gratification that you expanded on. That's, that's good. I like that. Cause if you take, you know, any profits that you do have, don't, don't pay yourself for that. Don't pay yourself. Put it back in the property. Yeah. Right. Or, or hold it or, you know, buy more property with it, whatever it is. Just... You're multiplying whatever money that you delay. Correct. Delay gratification. The stock market, uh, what is it like the S and P mm-hmm. averaged like 12% over the past 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. Like that will double itself every six and a half, seven years or something, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yep. You can get even more in real estate when you're using that money to purchase hard assets. Mm-hmm. I mean, plus there's uh, other things too that owners aren't aware of and like, well, I don't have, I don't have any money to, to grow. Another, I don't have any money to buy another one, but there's, there's so many ways. I mean, you see it that I do it all the time. Yeah. Like I buy, I don't, I don't buy any real estate with my own money anymore. Like, right. There's, there's ways to do it. You just got to be creative, creative financing. Uh, you have to be creative. You have to. Because someone out there is being more creative than you are. Oh, yeah. And they're, Always getting, they're, will, they're able to overpay on these deals. You will calculate what return you're going to get on this deal. And then all of a sudden, someone else can go in a, with an even higher offer, mm-hmm. beat your deal out, and make more money on the deal because they were more creative with their solution. Right. Yeah. So creative financing is, is, a, is a must. Uh, everyone's uh, goals and how they achieve them are going to be different. But like for me, like I, like I like utilizing the equity in my properties to, to buy more property, right? So because to me, equity is, is my money. But if I just let it sit there, what is it doing? Right. Nothing. Like it's just sitting there. Like there's no purpose. Like, cause I'm, my plan is not to sell. Um, I very rarely sell. So if, if, if I have equity in, in a property just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Just, just let it, just delaying the gratification on any type of cash on cash return and letting your property appreciate in value and cash out refinancing, acquiring more property without seeing like an increase of your cash at any given time that you personally are able to use or spend mm-hmm. on things that you want is a great way to have the investment grow itself. Yes. Yeah. But you have to discipline yourself to be able to build what you're describing and be in that position to reap those rewards. And if you're not willing to be patient and let time take its course and follow just the natural trend of the requirements of being in the rental industry, you know, if you want to be a big dog, you got to play like a big dog. And there's big dogs out there doing these things a lot better than you are. Mm-hmm. And you got to just start doing them better. Yeah. Acquire more property because if somebody else is out there trying to acquire property faster than you are. You're not going to get these good deals. Mm-hmm. So you have to be keen on these good deals. You have to have your eye out on them. And they're, they're out there. They yeah. pop on the market, but 
the people who are doing their due diligence and research are picking them up as they pop on the market. So you got to be quick in this market too. You got to be quick. Cause I mean, there's <clears throat> things that pop up on the market where uh, at least right now, especially with, with sellers market, something will go on the market and not even six hours go by and it's, Gone. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. Because someone looked at that and they calculated a plane and they went in with an above asking price or above asking offer. And they beat, outbeat the competition simply because they were able to look at this deal and they've looked at enough in the past to say, Hey, this is a little distressed. I can do X, Y, and Z cash out, refinance, get my 20%, get rid of my PMI, run it as a rental and immediately start cash flowing it in six months. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is consider a a down payment plus a uh, renovation budget in order to do that. Cool. Let time take its course, get the property, get the renovation done, get it cash flowing, build up equity, cash out, refinance, purchase a new home. So let's talk about cash flow because that's, that's uh, the main, the main concern of a rental owner. Like that's the one thing that they look at, like I need right. cash flow, right? Um, would you, if you could uh, own a million dollar piece of property, uh, that you, in order to own it, like you don't have any, let's say you don't have any money to your name, right? Like okay. you don't have anything, but you could own it for, without spending any of your own money, a million dollars. Uh, but you would have to sacrifice a year's worth of cash flow to, to own it. Would you do it? Do I own a hundred percent of it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would sacrifice a year. Worth of, right. You're saying using somebody else's money. You, yeah. Yeah. So basically of. using, like let's private level get you know if you okay. know someone who has a sizable amount of cash um that doesn't know what to do with it like they don't invest in property but you say hey why don't you lend me this this money for this down payment right like you know a million dollar property you need two hundred thousand dollars or two hundred fifty thousand dollars to right to get a down payment you can have someone you know if you know someone that has that kind of cash they can lend you that cash which would give you the money to get approved for a standard commercial loan mm -hmm. uh to, to finance the rest of it. So now all of a sudden you own this million dollar piece of property for nothing. Or you didn't right. have your own cash. But because of that, it, essentially it's a hundred percent finance. That's, you know, if you look at it that way. Right. Right. Um, so there's not going to be, I mean, sometimes you still might have cash flow, but it's likely you wouldn't have a cash flow. And all parties are winning. You're paying this guy back. With, using the rental income uh, yeah. from, from that. You're paying him interest on your. Right. The, the would be cash flow would all go back towards the payoff that. that and there's a bunch of old people out there who think that like 4% is great on their, their cash <laughs> return. So yeah. find an old person, you know, with a bunch of money and say, Hey, I'll give you 6% and pay off that, that down payment as soon as you can. Right. Yeah. And in, in many cases you can pay you that can off. And bank it, and get less than that. Right. And then if it's, it is distressed, you can renovate it. And at the end of that year, you could cash out, refine it because that you're forced appreciating that property. You cash out, refinance, pay off the, the private investor. And now you got a new mortgage and right. Right. A year later, you have a million dollar piece of property without any money. Yeah. And I, I got my property in a market was really distressed, very distressed, no flooring, really <laughs> bad painting. It's essentially uninhabitable. And I've only inhabited the master bedroom, one of the bathrooms and the kitchen right now. But in six months, once it's all done, all of a sudden I bought it for three thirty or two thirty. It's going to be worth $300,000. I'm going to have put in 20000 into a renovation. So you're going to cash out refinance, get your money back. It's going to go toward, I only have 5% down on it. Oh, I see. Okay. Gotcha. So it's going to cover uh, the full 20% and then PMI. Yep. Right. That's great. And then it's going to be cash flowing. It's going to be an Airbnb. I'm going to have, you know, 
however many tens of thousands in equity at that point mm-hmm. um, after that cash out refinance. And then I'm going to have it as an Airbnb to support the mortgage payment. Yep. And I, I think I'll be able to do that. And it's a snowball effect. So the very beginning, when you have one, two, three, like it's moves a little bit slower. Yeah, it is slow. Um, but uh, but like me, like I'm at like close to forty units now, and it's just it's too bad. It's almost too fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm over here. Like I got this property. I'm in over my my head. But like I need so much stimulation at any given time. Like I'm ready for the next. Like I know. Let's finish this. Let's get it done with. Like yeah, it's almost painted. Like it's the flooring's in. Like let's move it. It's yeah, just, I'm done with it, but like, I'm not, yeah. I have to do it. It, so. it moves quicker. But now like for me, like I'm, I'm almost moving too fast. I'm like, ah, well, you like, say it doesn't move very fast, but this is my first house with the, the renovation attached to it. And I plan on being able to purchase uh, four units after six months of doing this yeah. house. Yeah. So that's five units in the first year. That's not that slow. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, that's more than most people <laughs> right right and it's just you do your homework you figure out how to do it and find good deals and you execute but you don't want to go past what you can do at that given moment i'm already there yeah well, but you're keeping up though i mean you may be treading i'm but, drowning but you're treading i'm still breathing you're yeah you're still breathing so um but you don't want to go beyond that right right get to a point where um it's gonna be Right. And I'm also comfortable taking these risks because I've been saving money for quite some time Mm -hmm. and I have uh, money set aside in case worst case situation. Nothing can really happen for me to really like do wrong in this situation because of that. Yeah. I already have to replace the roof. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Did my due diligence, calculated the value of the deal, calculated the risk. And it was the value of the deal exceeded whatever risk I was taking on. There's always a risk. Always a risk. Yeah. A matter of if it's when. I know it's right. not already, but it's like it's just you gotta you gotta anticipate things to happen, you know. So yeah, so I mean there's always risk. You just gotta anticipate it and plan for it. And when it happens, it's not a big deal. So like on my on my properties, um, I think I have two pending evictions, but it's just like, okay. Right. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, it is just, what it is. And yeah. you know, um just deal with it and move on. So it's mm-hmm. not we have so many owners who are like freaking out. Oh my gosh. Like I'm going to, I'm going to blow up. I don't know. Right. Like, I don't know what it is. They're just, they, they're so on edge, you know? Well, it uh, takes experience because some of these risks that people anticipate when they come to fruition, because they're destined to do that when you're in the industry for long enough, you know, you kind of freak out and you're scared. And then you realize like, well, I already assessed this risk. I just need to let time play its part mm-hmm. in overcoming whatever negative came of the risk. Sure. And eviction's not that big of a deal. It's, it's well, if somebody owes money, you can get them evicted. Yeah. It, it just might take, you know, keeping six, mu- six weeks to actually make it happen. Also keeping the emotions out of everything. Like you gotta, it's a business. You mm-hmm. have to treat it like a business. Yeah. You can't treat it like, you know, but I love it. You can't here. look at risk as an emotion. You have to look at risk as a number. Yep. Cool. Well, um, I think that's a good spot to end. Um, I, I do want to bring one more thing up, and I, I mention this almost every time now, is our one tree planted thing. So uh, if you're watching or listening, um, we'd love to hear some feedback. Uh, any piece of feedback we receive, we uh, plant a tree uh, you know, to help reduce our carbon footprint. I think we're at, uh, last time I checked, we're at almost 160 trees. That's a lot. I know. <clears throat> so I want to do like a, eventually here in the next year or so, I'd like to have like a, Asa Hero uh, 
event where we're actually like planting trees here locally. Nice. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Maybe on the empty lot next to it. Yeah, we yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we have turn that forest. into a forest anyway. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so leave feedback. Uh, we'll include a link here in in the, the description of the podcast. But uh, thanks for joining me, Wes. Uh, we'll see you guys next time.